This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asians to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have two very special guests with us. They are Annie Huang and Jason Choi. Annie and Jason are the co-founders of Jemmy, a creator monetization platform building the best ways for anyone with an audience to monetize online. They were named Forbes 30 Under 30 in consumer technology in 2021. Jemmy is a Y Combinator company and has raised $2 million from investors like General Catalyst, Kleiner Perkins, and Luca2 Ventures. Annie and Jason met while studying computer science together at Harvard University and are currently based in San Francisco. Annie and Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank so you. much for having us and for the awesome intro. <laughs> We're so happy to have you guys. And we want to dive deep, deep into your story too. Well, so we'll start with Annie first. Like Annie, what was your upbringing like? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I was born in the States. I was actually born in Colorado. I don't really remember much about it, but um, my family kind of moved around a lot when I was younger. So at one point I was in like Pittsburgh and Syracuse. And then when I was at around like seven or eight years old, actually our whole family moved to Korea. Um, and I lived there for around six years. And then when I was around 14, our family moved back to California, um, uh, Irvine, California. And I went to school there, um, high school there, and then moved out to Boston for college. Um, Jason and I actually met at Harvard. And after Harvard, I went to uh, Facebook as a, and worked there as a product manager for around two years. And then um, we started working on Jemmy last year and we can t- share a ton about that, but that's a little bit about me. Um, Jason, do you want to also do an intro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> um, I mean, a little background about myself. Um, so I'm Jason, one of the co-founders of Jemmy. Uh, I was actually born and raised pretty much my entire life in uh, the Northern Virginia, DC area. Um, so I am Chinese American and, you know, was very lucky to, you know, grow up with really, really awesome, loving and supportive parents, um, kind of really have lived there until going off to college. So, um, like Annie said, we went to school together at Harvard. Funnily enough, we actually met on the very, very first day of school, um, wow. even, <laughs> even before school started officially. Um, so like, I mean, Annie definitely has been one of the most like special relationships in my life. We've been working together for a little over six plus years now. So um, that's been, you know, really great. And then like Annie too, also moved out to the Bay. Um, I actually joined uh, Uber right out of school uh, as a product manager as well. Um, and I think that's kind of how we kicked off our journey, you know, in technology and, and entrepreneurship. I love that. I love that a lot. And yeah. I understand you guys are, you're, are dating. Like what is it like yeah. working together? <laughs> I'm super curious. it's definitely a lot of fun um it's also very stressful Mm -hmm. because i mean there's really almost no work-life balance like Mm -hmm. literally probably the first things that we talk about when we wake up is work Mm -hmm. um and also one of the last things um 
but I don't know. I feel like a lot of fr our friends ask us that, like, oh, I can't imagine myself like, you know, dating my co-founder or like starting a company with my my significant other. And for us, it's like, I can't imagine starting a company with someone you're not that, you know, someone that you don't trust that much. Mm -hmm. um, I think for us, like our relationship is definitely our strength. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how I see it. I don't know. If I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think honestly, like, and you put it, you know, really, really well. And I think honestly, our relationship just is very unique in the sense that we we started off as good friends and almost partners. So, you know, we, we didn't start dating until, you know, three years into our relationship. And and prior to that, you know, we were working together a lot. You know, we had very similar interests. We, we both studied computer science and already had this kind of, you know, overlap in just like working style. So I think actually the transition was a bit more natural than, I think either of us expected it just kind of happened and i think when it when it came down to it like annie said it was like oh there's almost no one else we would rather you know do this with so it just made sense <laughs> i love that oh, i love that i yeah. love that a lot and it just, it just yeah. reminds me of my relation with maggie as well yeah <laughs> like i would not start asian house network with anyone else you know yeah. because there's so many there's, yeah i mean like trust is a huge like huge issue in business right and people say like yeah. usually it's almost like you're dating your, your co-founder in some ways. So I'm like, okay, why don't we just combine that and actually date my co-founder? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. I totally understand what you two are talking about. It's like almost no differentiation between work and personal life because we're at the dinner table and we're talking about work too. Yeah. But there are a lot of pros to it as well. You know, I think that just that trust that you build between two people is just so important. And as co-founders mm -hmm. as well, it's, it's really strong. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of curious about your entrepreneurial path. You know, like what made you guys want to pursue this this tech route? Because mm -hmm. you know, you you guys both have really comfortable careers in Uber and Facebook. Yeah. What made you decide to take that leap? You yeah, know, that's that's a huge jump. Yeah. And did you always have this kind of inner feeling that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for Annie, but at least for me, I think I knew entrepreneurship was was something I was always really really interested in. So. You know, even in freshman year at school, you know, was in that typical mindset of like, oh, how do I, you know, start a side hustle and, you know, you know, was just working on a whole variety of projects. So um, I, I think I kind of ended up actually working out a lot of startups during my time at school, which I'm really grateful for. Um, just like really good exposure and just seeing, you know, you know, how companies are scaled and more importantly, how do, you know, small teams work together. Um, and I think specifically for Jemmy, um, it, it really, really did feel like a stars aligned type of situation where Annie and I both entered, you know, product programs. We both realized a, a year in that we're like, Hey, you know what? We're getting a little, we're getting a little bored. And, um, <laughs> I, I think we were just lucky to find a space and product that we were just like burningly passionate about, um, to the point where it was just kind of a no brainer to, to pursue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think similarly for me, um, yeah, I was like getting bored. And also, I think um, when you work at a big company, it just doesn't feel like you're really it, it's hard for you to actually be communicating with your customers or the users. Yeah. And I think I wanted that experience where whatever we're building, we're directly getting feedback from our users, um, like hearing them say good things about the product and also like giving like awesome, sometimes kind of harsh criticism. Like I, I wanted to be in a position where I could hear all that mm -hmm. um, rather than through like, um, through like our p product marketing manager or through someone else. Um, so I think for us, it just kind of like, 
we were both independently interested in, you know, doing a startup. And um, it also turned out that we were interested in similar spaces and things. Um, so yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, what did your parents say about the jump? You know, that's a, that's actually a great question. Um, <laughs> I think surprisingly for both of us, like they, they were quite supportive from the beginning. I think um, their main comments, at least from my parents, were more definitely on the interpersonal side. They're like, hey, you know, you know, starting a company with your significant other is a, it's a unique thing and it's, it's not going to be without challenges. So a lot of it was just kind of like, hey, like, you know, how are you guys thinking about it? If you're feeling good, then we're feeling good. <laughs> um, so they were, I think we were lucky in that they were really supportive. I love that. And for my parents, like my mom, I feel like she's just always trusted me. Like <laughs> it's it's awesome, but also scary at times because um, I would just like make decisions, and she's always very very supportive. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, our parents were overall very supportive. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love the way that you guys articulate and play off each other as you're talking. <laughs> Shows great energy, you know, and I love the fact that your parents are so supportive, you guys, and they believe you guys right off the bat. So that that in itself makes a huge difference. So hats off to you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very rare because a lot of people that we interview, you know, Asian parents, they tend to be, you know, a little bit hesitant when their child goes into entrepreneurship. But mm -hmm. to have that support yeah. system is so important, and I think it, it goes yeah. a long way. It definitely does. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Jemmy. Yeah, you know, like yeah. how do you guys? If he's how do you guys become so passionate about this field? And I for, and for you guys who don't know, please check out Jemmy. I think it's an awesome <laughs> application. <laughs> and I think you guys are hitting on something really important that's coming. There's a big wave of creator content yes. monetization model coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think you know just to jump off of what Brian was saying, there's a new world for content creators right now, and. Totally. A lot of them are, you know, finding ways to put out content, but they don't know how to monetize. And yeah. I think Jemmy is like a solution for this. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about Jemmy and yeah, how'd you how you come over with the name too. Oh yeah, I love the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so to tackle the last question first, Jemmy actually means um, fun in Korean, um, and we were just trying to come up with a name that's unique pretty easy to say and actually has like some meaning. So we were like, okay, well, Jemmy means fun. And it's also easy to come up with a logo because, you know, like we can come up with like a gem type of logo yeah. and it's kind of like a play on words. So um, that's the history of the name. Um, in terms of how we got started working on Jemmy and like the idea. Um, so for some context, when I was at Facebook, I was, um, for most of my time there, I was a product manager on their creator monetization team, which is where um, I got the domain expertise and became really passionate about the space. And for Jason, he's actually a music producer, mm -hmm. um, decided not to uh, pursue it full time because obviously it's like, you know, hard to make money as a music producer, which is why he, he was like passionate about the problem space as well. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of like the specific product we ended up building, um, the approach we decided to take uh, right when we were leaving Facebook and Uber was, I mean, it seems like we were aligned that we were going to build for creators and artists. So let's just try to talk to as many creators and artists as possible and understand their pain points and needs um, with current mod station platforms that existed. And um, so 
that's the exact approach we took. We just yeah. like emailed as many creators. Uh, we personally knew, try to find um, creators on Instagram, TikTok, um, all various different platforms, um, got on calls with them. And um, one of the main things we realized is many of these creators would say, um, hey, yeah, like I want to interact with my audience and make money, but I really don't know where to start. And I also don't know what my fans would pay for. Um, they would say like, I think maybe my fans would want merch. I also have, some people DMing me saying they want shout outs, others saying that they want to do like a Zoom call with me. Um, and then they would also say like other platforms they've tried out kind of limit them in terms of what they could offer. Mm -hmm. It's like you can only offer like a video shout out or you can only offer like a monthly recurring membership type of thing um, or just like only sell merch. And for them, it felt like a huge burden for them to like onboard onto multiple different platforms and also share those platforms directly with their fans. Um, so then we decided to take this approach of like creating a flexible monetization platform where creators can easily onboard and start selling all these different things that they think their fans might pay for um, and see what happens and really ultimately learn what really clicks with their audience. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about like our founding story um, and how like the what the product is currently. Love it. Wow, that is so amazing. Very inspirational. Um, and Jason, you know how Annie mentioned that you were a music producer back then. Are some of the things that you guys are building out for Jemmy right now? Do you think that it would have been like super helpful for you when you were a music producer? Um, yeah, I mean I that's there. a real yeah. It's a really good question, and I think. At least for me, I think music production always was like a passion. And like, I personally never like reached the scale where I was like, oh, you know, I had a really loyal audience and, you know, was, was trying to grow it. So first off, I was like, oh, I have like immense respect for all the artists out there who, who are doing that and like making a career and making a living out of it. Um, I think what I did gain through that experience was just like the empathy, you know, like from talking to artists who, you know, were, you know, on topping the charts to ones that are just like making music in the bedroom. It just, it just really feels like it's just hard. And, yeah. um, you know, like creators deserve to get paid for their, you know, amazing work and they deserve to have platforms for their creativity. Um, so I think when I realized that creator monetization was a thing, I was like, oh man, like it's, it just makes perfect, perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Out of curiosity too, like how, at what point did you guys figure out that this was a viable product? And also like, what was it applying to YC like for you guys and your experience there? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the first question, I think like we took, took this like very, just, let's try building an MVP and get as much feedback as possible mm -hmm. mentality. So, um, Jason basically built out our MVP uh, product and um, immediately the first thing we did was reach back out to those creators we got on a call with like a month or two ago asking them for feedback and saying like, hey, we have like a product that you can try out and just getting them to try it out and getting yeah. their feedback. And it was very clear that it was solving a clearly clear need on their side um, because these were all creators that said they wanted a flexible platform and that's exactly what we provided. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like, I think that was enough signal for us to see like, hey, this could really work. And I think mm -hmm. um, transparently, you know, we're, we're still early and we're figuring things out and learning things as we go. But I think the early feedback we're getting from our existing users and seeing 
how much they enjoy using it and seeing them like constantly promoting it to their fans has mm -hmm. been giving us signal like, hey, if we can just get this in the hands of creators, um, it, it could really work. Mm -hmm. Love that. Uh, and then I think your second question was around YC. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I think, I think for us, like, we, first of all, always looked up to YC as this amazing, you know, like, accelerator. We're like, oh, man, like, they pr always are producing so much good content for, for the community. And um, I think we were lucky enough to have a couple of friends that, that had gone through the previous batches. Um, and just hearing them say, like, uh, as a first-time founder, especially as like a pretty young, you know, first time founder, uh, the YC community was really invaluable in terms of just like the, you know, the help, but also the the guidance around the pitfalls to avoid. I think that's what really drew us to to the program. So um, in all honesty, we were kind of just like, hey, there's, there's no downside to applying. You know, we were super, super early when we did apply. Um, but a lot of our focus was just around, you know, crafting the narrative and making sure it was as strong as possible. Mm. Love that. And for you guys yeah. listening, YC means uh, Y Combinator. <laughs> Just so that you guys aren't familiar with the side. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've read a lot of articles on Jemmy and the two of you, you know, there were like Forbes articles and everything like that. And I always see, um, you know, a lot of those articles say how, how easy Jemmy is um, in terms of like using it. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm very curious to know, for anyone who's like not tech savvy, for example, you guys are trying to build this new generation of online entrepreneurs and creators, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people who are really good at creating content and creating um, things that, that they're good at, but are not sure how to become an entrepreneur or how to monetize in that sense, right? And I think yeah. Jemmy is like a good tool for that. I know that you guys also have like an, a personal assistant for each creator, right? Wow. I think that's super interesting. And I feel like that's so helpful because for someone who is like creating content, but don't know how to actually monetize or don't know how to make it into like a full-fledged e-commerce company or, you know, entrepreneurship journey, a personal assistant is like so helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a little a bit about like how that idea came about and how you ensure that Jemmy is easy to use for someone like who's not tech savvy? For sure. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually a funny story. So I think you're probably referring to some of the like personal in some of our, I think, um, like testimonials, testimonials yeah. they mentioned like a personal assistant um, and probably in somewhere um, other articles it's featured as well. So the TLDR is the personal assistant is basically just me. Um, <laughs> and we, we never really, uh, you know, initially when we we started doing this, it wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh, let's make a personal assistant thing, mm -hmm. like a value prop for our platform. It was really just like us trying to provide as much value to our customers mm -hmm. and as much, you know, like assistance. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like, oh, we're going to frame it this way. And mm -hmm. that's going to be our main selling point. Mm -hmm. I think for us, we're just like, hey, let's provide awesome customer service. Um, so yeah. that was kind of like how it all started. And I think um, we're at a point where we know that this will continue to be like a huge value prop proposition for new users, new creators that on board. So we're going to try to keep that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but we've recently been thinking more and more ways about like, how do we scale that? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of creative things that we've been thinking around, like the product where we could give like smart recommendations and help with easy setup um, so that it doesn't necessarily always have to be a person that jumps in um, mm -hmm. to provide this assistance. We'll always be here to be reactive in terms of like, if there's things that, if they do ask for assistance, we come in. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff we can do on the product side where this 
personal assistant is done um, enabled through tech, basically. Yeah. yeah. And just to add on to what Annie said, it's, it's definitely funny to think about, but I think actually that's a big learning that we had from Y Combinator. I feel like um, some of the advice they kind of always preach is like, um, at the end of the day, like you just want to make something that people want. And oftentimes like finding that specific, you know, product is actually the hardest part. And so, you know, advice that YC always gives is in the meantime, when, when you're kind of getting to that product market fit, um, you should kind of do things that actually don't scale. You kind of want to go above and beyond and use the fact that you're a small company to kind of provide this competitive help. Um, and I think that's exactly what we, we we tried to do. And I and it's interesting because it's almost easier once you've figured out what people want to think about how to make it scale um, than to kind of just like, you know, enter that really ambiguous space and try and narrow in as the first step. Yeah, I really like your approach to everything. And, and it does make a lot of sense to me too. So I do appreciate that. I want to start the conversation back to who you guys are as founders, you know, throughout this entire journey, like, what were your highs and lows like, you know, cause we know this entrepreneur journey is super hard and it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't matter who we talk to in the, in the podcast. We realize that everyone goes through very high moments and very dark moments where you look at themselves yeah. and be like, why am I doing this? You want to hear about yeah. your story? Oh man. Yeah. I mean the biggest, I mean, I have this conversation, if not every day, like every week. And I think the one thing we just say is like, man, like it it does get really hard. And I feel like if we reflect back, like on our journey, a lot of the highs just come from feeling like, you know, we have such a great team and it's a team that can kind of just take on the world, you know, that classic boundless optimism. Like when we were leaving our companies, it was, it was honestly really inspiring. And I think, um, to kind of get to the low points, like they're definitely really real. And I feel like it's, it's almost hard to know how they feel like unless you're you're, you're kind of in, you know, that sort of specific situation. But, you know, for us, like the pressure of, you know, meeting the the demands of customers and investors and even feeling like we want to make our friends and family proud. I think, you know, it's just, you know, some days you just feel like, wow, like it's, it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I think the key that we've been talking about is just thinking about ways to, you know, combat that sort of feeling and um, kind of work out that stress. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, by the way. I mean, uh-huh. for ourselves too, as Asian House Network's growing, scaling, mm-hmm. like we have our moments where we're like, we love the team. <laughs> and then we have our moments where we're, there's always a constant fire every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always yeah. something to solve, something big comes up and you make you, that makes you question whether or not this is worth doing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I do, just by talking to you guys and understanding like the vibes right now, I can see that you guys are very mm-hmm. determined and your North mm-hmm. Star is very strong. So mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely resonate a lot with what you said. And and I think it's very similar to Asian Hustle Network as well. Just like all about community building, you know, and yeah. in terms of community building, there's just so much that is on our plates, our responsibility to make sure that everyone in the community is happy. And it's you difficult. Know, it is really <laughs> difficult, but, you know, we are making impactful changes and, you know, same with Jemmy. So thank you so much for what you do. Yeah, I like how you mentioned yeah. that. Um, sorry about that. I like that you mentioned that you were everyone's assistant, you know, so that's kind of like us last year. (laughs) We're just like, everyone's just emailing, hey, why is my post not approved? Or can I do this? Can I do that? Like, hold on. (laughs) Uh We got a lot better at like uh, hiring out the team to help us scale that part. So 
early early startup pains we feel you guys 100 yeah and no like props to you annie like it means so much to the you know the other person at the other end or Mm -hmm. the the community member for them to like actually see someone is like you know responding to them and you know actually taking time out of their day to get back to them but i love how you're kind of seeing like how you should scale now right because as you grow bigger you're not going to be able to respond to every single person so i love that you guys are looking about how you can scale so yeah. we did, you know, we, we connected last week on Jemmy and, um, you know, love what you guys are doing with Jemmy. I know that a lot of content creators are trying to see how they can use their voice nowadays, especially with all of the anti-Asian hate crimes that are happening around the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that Jemmy had recently launched a campaign to fight against these anti-Asian hate crimes. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear about your campaign and what you guys are planning to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, like so far we've just been sharing kind of like our founding story mm-hmm. and what Jemmy originally when we started kind of our vision is and it still continues to be. Um, so, you know, like Jemmy is primarily a creator monetization platform where creators and public figures could make mo- interact with their audience and make money. But with the recent, you know, anti-Asian hate crimes, we've been actually hearing from our community that, hey, I want to use your platform to, you know, increase awareness for this issue and do good. Um, so that's when we started thinking more about like, how, how can we like as the founders of this platform, um, use our platform to, you know, contribute to this cause we also deeply care about. I mean, we're Asian, um, mm-hmm. our entire founding team is actually Asian. Um, so that's when we started thinking like, what if like, given that we have users that have a lot of like influence over the people that follow them, um, partner with them so that they can raise money uh, to, um, you know, with all the funds being donated to stopping anti-Asian hate crimes. So that was just, it it was really just last week, I think that we Mm -hmm. started thinking about this and immediately we just took action and started reaching out to existing Asian creators and allies that are using Jemmy today, um, reached out to you, Mm -hmm. um, reached out to some other Asian organizations that we feel like would be good to partner with. so yeah, that's kind of been our approach so far. Um, it launched last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always welcoming new Asian creators or allies that also want to kind of use their voice, their influence and their time um, mm-hmm. to kind of like give back. So yeah. yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, no, I think the only last thing that I would add was that I think one thing we noticed, especially amongst people people in our generation was that we felt like the pain was a shared pain where the, you know, people felt frustrated by what was happening. But for some reason, there was almost this kind of confusion on like what action to take or, you know, and, and what to do. And like, even people who are like, Oh, I want to donate, but I don't even know the right organizations to donate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of learning just made so much sense in the context of Jemmy because we're like, Oh, we have these super strong and awesome creators who, can serve as like amplified voices um, to kind of just like almost, you know, shine a light on what's happening and also just kind of, you know, activate people who do want to give back um, and just funnel them to the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that just kind of really put the bow on it and we're like, okay, this makes um, like a lot of sense to do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thank you so much for doing that. And I think Mm -hmm. it would resonate with a lot of our audience for Asian Hustle Network as well, because we have so many creators in the community. Um, Mm -hmm. What type of customer experiences um, 
can creators use to, you know, be on Jemmy? Because I know Jun Lee is also on it and a lot of other creators <laughs> are on it. And he does like one-on-one -on -one dinner dates with people. Um, would love to know like what type of customer experiences can people think about um, selling on Jemmy? Yeah, but before we get to that question, I do want to make some closing remarks on your program. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important as leaders and founders that you guys speak up, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. nowadays it's just not a brand. You mm -hmm. guys are the heart and the soul of the company, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so important mm -hmm. for you guys to continue speaking up and enabling your community to speak up and make a difference because mm -hmm. you're in that position now. You have that kind of influence now. And really, mm -hmm. you guys making the space and making it safe for us to support each other because it's so important. And mm -hmm. when we talk to other founders who came before us, you know, people around like mm -hmm. 10, 20 years ago, the biggest mm -hmm. thing that we got from them was that they regretted not speaking up more on behalf of the community. Mm -hmm. And this is something where I feel like our generation is doing a lot better. You know, we're saying, mm -hmm. oh, this is not okay. We need to come together and support each other and actually create mm -hmm. a new foundation for the future. So hats off to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just yeah, no, to you guys. Yeah. yeah. No, it's thanks so much. And yeah, no, I think we feel the same way for the Asian Hustle mm -hmm. Network. I think we have deep respect for, you know, the platform you guys have built and the way you've elevated like voices in our community. So. I mean, thank you as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think like a lot of people are now realizing that they have a platform, even if they don't even have like a large community, they have a voice and that voice can go a long way. Um, and, you know, you def you two definitely have a voice and a platform. And I, I th we thank you guys for doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you so much. For sure. Yeah. Did you um, want to have the second question? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, know, um, I know that. that <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I think that, um, you know, based on the campaign that you're launching for Jemmy, I think it will resonate with a lot of people inside Asian Hustle Network. Um, and, you know, for all the listeners, definitely recommend you to check out Jemmy and see the many different ways that you can um, create content on there. And so kind of talk about, like, what are the customer experiences that creators can um, use to on Jemmy? Yeah, for sure. Um, as we said, kind of the main value prop is around the flexibility. So really like anything, but for some guidance on like generally what creators have been offering. Um, as you said, June Lee offers like these virtual dinner dates, but, but technically it's just like a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call. Mm -hmm. um, other creators um, offer anything from like video shout outs where they could uh, sell like a personalized, mm -hmm. you know, video response to a fan. Um, Creators have also done like Zoom concerts, Zoom meeting greets, and generally these are more of the typical influencers, like YouTubers, creators and stuff. Um, but actually like in our definition of a creator, it's really anyone who has an online audience. I think anyone these days could be a creator. We have Jemmy profiles mm -hmm. um, and we've been offering like one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls for like resume review, career advice. And when it's recruiting season, I actually get a ton of yeah. requests <laughs> and like I, um, this was back uh, a couple of months ago um, and we were just like raising money for uh, Black Lives Matter. But mm -hmm. um, even now, like if there are more of these like professionals um, in your network that kind of want to use Jemmy to offer their time um, as a professional in a specific field, that's always like a great way to use it. Um, and for more of the, you know, digital artists, they can also use Jemmy to sell digital content mm -hmm. um, and yeah, there's just a lot of different ways that it could be used. Any any type of way of like monetizing your skill and time. Yeah, and then the only thing I'll add to that is I think like Annie touched on before, like our vision is just to build the next generation of creator entrepreneurs, whatever type of content that creator is creating. So 
I think we started off with this vision of building this all-in-one shop. And I think, um, especially more recently, we've been trying to also factor in um, basically recurring revenue streams for our users. Um, so we actually have a fully built out membership uh, feature where creators can host their own communities. They can offer exclusive content, um, you know, basically have like direct messaging flows. Um, and I think it just kind of fits in our vision where we're like, we want to be the best and most effective monetization tool. Um, and we're really building the product around the, the creators. So uh, that's kind of how we got to where we are today. I love that. Kind of, kind of curious um, in terms of like your mindset as leaders, right? How do you guys view mistakes? How do you guys view opportunities? How do you guys prioritize things that are coming to you? Because, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's like you have a lot of different things, a lot of suggestions, a lot of advisors, a lot of investors are like, you should do this, you should do that. You know? So how do you guys manage all of that as leaders of this company? That's a, that's a really good question. I think one thing that Annie and I were just having a conversation today where we're like, Hey, especially, you know, being in this leadership role as being new to, to this sort of role. I think the one thing we've learned is just like, you know, as you're ramping up, like it's impossible to be perfect at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like any sort of moment can really be a learning opportunity, especially if it's a mistake or failure. Um, I think, you know, especially as we do these new things like hiring and, and fundraising and and anything from building product to marketing, I feel like anytime we feel like there's an opportunity to get better, we treat it as like a moment to to be grateful almost. And I think, you know, as long as I, I personally feel like as long as you're learning, then there's really no harm that can be done. So um, at least me personally, that's how I've always thought about it. Yeah. And I think for us kind of, similar to that um one thing that helps for us for sure is just like talking constantly like Mm. making sure that we're aligned on things um because like you said there's a lot of priorities um that come up like from various different channels like Mm. one could be like customers asking for something another could be i don't know like a you know investors expecting something and i think for us as long as we talk about it and align on like what we should prioritize and then figure out like who tackles what and we're always communicating i think that has helped us for sure yeah how do you guys handle disagreement between you two <sighs> that's a really that's a great, great question, question. <laughs> um i i think for us honestly what we realize that is like you know everyone will have disagreements. And I think, you know, it's so normal to feel like nervous about entering a a co-founder relationship, especially given the nature of ours. Um, But I think what we learned really, really early on, like Annie said, was that honestly, our relationship is a strength. And I think like we we, we have our disagreements, we, we have our arguments, but I think what gets us through them is we realize at the end of the day that we not only have the same goals, but we actually care deeply about each other and the same priorities. And I think when you kind of take that step back and just kind of, you know, think about things for a second, it's much easier um, to to reach an agreement. And um, one story we always cite um, from Kevin Hartz, who actually is one of our investors, (laughs) and he he was one of the co-founders of Eventbrite, also um, worked with his significant other. Um, They're an amazing couple and team was, um, he would say like whenever they would kind of get into uh, the situation, they, they would just kind of just literally, you know, sit on the ground and turn the lights off and just relax mm-hmm. and kind of just take a step back. 
And I think for us that that has worked really well. Yeah, I love that. I love how you two have agreed, you know, communication is key and maybe every couple is different, but just finding out what works best for you is super important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I would love to know, like, how have you two grown since you started building Jemmy and how have you seen kind of like each other grow? How do you well? see the world now mm-hmm. compared to the world? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great question. <laughs> Um, I think like for sure, um, you know, building a company together has brought us closer because mm-hmm. like we, ever since we moved to San Francisco together, um, we've been living together, but um, I was at Facebook, Jason was at Uber. So we weren't like actually spending 24 seven together, but mm-hmm. now we are. And we're also talking about, you know, work and life all kind of like throughout the whole day. Um, And I think you just kind of like find out even more about each other and Mm -hmm. realize like, oh, it seems like when, you know, Jason is stressed, he likes doing X, Y, Z, or when he has like even like work meetings and calls, he uh, tends to want to, you know, answer questions like X, Y, Z, and just like really learning Mm -hmm. even more about each other. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I feel like overall, (laughs) yeah, overall, it's just like, you kind of see, even though we have like experience working together at school, it's not the same as like a work environment, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think I just like know more about Jason and feel closer to him amazing so yeah. what do you two have in store in 2021 for yourselves and for jemmy as well mm-hmm. yeah i mean for jemmy i think i mean i think we're really excited about this year i think um f- for us and most of last year actually jemmy was in this private beta stage where um, basically, you know, we, we were just focused on getting a really small group of creators um, using the product, getting their feedback and just iterating on top of it. Um, and I think this year is when we'll really aim to kind of focus more on acquisition and just really getting the product out there to, to the creators who need it the most. Um, so I think we're just kind of excited to do that. Um, and I think for, I mean, for us personally, I think, I mean, I'm just excited to be working on something I'm passionate about with someone I care about a lot and um, having, you know, an awesome team around us. So just feel very grateful for that. Andy, I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I was just going to say the same thing. Like I feel like last year we were kind of in this like cockroach mode, trying just like in this beta building, talking to our existing creators. But I feel like this year we're trying to become more, um, you know, like launch more properly. So uh, we're excited about that. And personally, just just excited that um, we're constantly learning and Mm -hmm. growing. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are awesome. And I'm kind of curious (laughs) too, like now that you raise like $2 million and next step is building out your team, right? Yeah. What is that process like hiring and managing talent? That's a different skill set. For sure. Um, I mean, we recently hired one of our closest friends, actually, Jason mm-hmm. um, worked with him at Uber. Mm-hmm. He's also just like an overall really good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. So now we have like a full time, you know, three people working on it full time. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what our plans are after that. We've been trying to stay lean, yeah. um, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I think honestly, just related to what we we're saying earlier, I feel like hiring is one of those things where it's just it's really hard to do really well. And I think you know, we realized early on that like, hey, we're totally new to this. So 
like we, we definitely lean into it with, with a learning mindset. So, you know, we try and lean on, you know, kind of the entrepreneurs that have walked ahead of us, whether they're our investors or advisors. And um, I just feel like most tactically, we, we care deeply about, you know, people and like we do view our team as a family. So we think a lot about, you know, culture and diversity and um, all of that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, fingers crossed, we're, we're, we're hoping to do a, a good job, but, and, and I feel like, um, you know, we feel excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. How do you yeah. guys view um, competition as well? Because, you know, like mm-hmm. we mentioned, you know, there's just a whole new world of content creators and there's so many new platforms for paid content creators now. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think you guys have such a unique spin for Jemmy, but how do you personally view competition? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for us, honestly, just like the fact that there are that there is a lot of competition is like good. I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely means that we're probably providing something that's valuable and need much needed. Mm-hmm. And it's also good that there's a lot of platforms out there that are trying to solve this problem because clearly it's not completely solved yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the we're just like alert. Um, we're mindful of it. Uh, we don't get demotivated. We see what they're doing. And if there are things that are good that we can learn from, we mm-hmm. quickly learn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we just kind of take to have that mentality mm-hmm. of like every, every company's kind of gonna have like their unique spin to it. Um, and ultimately it will come down to like distribution and branding. Um, so we think a lot about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try not to get too like demotivated because like you said, there are a lot of companies out there, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, I love your branding. It's uh, <laughs> cute, and I love the gem. It's <laughs> easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, um, we do you have any other questions? No, go okay. Ahead. We we have one last question for you, and that is, what one advice could you give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Or what advice would you give to yourself at the very beginning of the journey? Mm-hmm. Mm. Another good question. Um, a lot of great questions today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, for me, I would say just like being more bold and fearless. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's easy to have this kind of like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those cases, I feel like you just kind of have to do it and um, just not think like, oh, I'm so young. I'm not experienced. I can't do it. Most, I feel like founders just generally go through a ton of failures but eventually get to something and that's by like not giving up and constantly trying so i think Mm -hmm. for for any aspiring entrepreneur or like to myself and i should remind myself too i should just always try out new things if there's an idea that seems too bold that's a good sign Mm -hmm. we should go for it um yeah i think that's my advice that's i mean that's great advice i would definitely (laughs) listen to that (laughs) if i think back um i feel like for me it's definitely really similar and like it might kind of get into the kind of cheesy, corny territory. But I think for me, like, I I feel like it's most meaningful to hear like, hey, like doing, you know, building something from the ground up and bringing it into the world is just so incredibly hard. And I feel like I I almost would have loved if someone just told me like, hey, it's it's going to be really hard, but you just kind of need to, to to push through it. And I feel like, you know, it's really easy to feel motivated when things are going well, but when it feels like the world is on your shoulders, like it's it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So I think I, I would have loved advice on just like, hey, you know, just saying like it's, it's worth pushing through. And um, what makes it easier is 
having awesome people, you know, by your side and, you know, having awesome people who also believe in you. Love that. Yeah. Very yeah. great advice. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. And of how course. can our listeners find out more about you two and Jemmy online? Yeah. I mean, um, our social account is just Jemmy app on mm. all various social accounts. Mm. Um, and our main website is Jemmy.app. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, it was amazing hearing your stories today. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah, thank you of guys course. for your time. Yeah. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.